tune with us via internet and FM signal here in town. It's a little bit uh, windy outside. Please open your hymnals on number 204. 204. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Number 204. Father, we're thankful that we have a big God that we can know, that we can trust in, that is able to meet all of our needs. We're thankful for, for providing us a place to meet and we're in out of the cold. We pray for protection as we are enter into the winter months and the storms and so on, that uh, our building would be kept uh, safe and that uh, we would use this building for thy glory as our sign outside and our verses scroll by that people can see them be under conviction and we can see people get saved we pray that we'd be faithful in inviting people and that we ask that in these last days that many would get saved while there's still opportunity we continue to pray for the peace of jerusalem that souls would be saved in that country that jews across the world would be saved that jews across the world would see the need to go back to israel uh, in preparation for the last days and uh, we pray for the many Jews and Gentiles who live just for this world and just to make money that people would wake up and see that money doesn't bring happiness 
and that money is losing its value and uh, soon it will be worthless. We thank thee that we can have our hope in the true God and in a Savior who's worth more than all the silver and gold in the world. And thy word also is more precious than silver and gold. We're thankful that we have thy word and we can know the truth. We continue to pray for the situation in Russia and with uh, Ukraine and that uh, souls would be saved there and the Christians would be faithful to thee and want to glorify thy name. And we just pray that we would be a continued voice of truth and reason as we proclaim thy word and uh, thy will be accomplished in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And over to 269. 
surprise Well, that can never be told Rachel extols less of mercy and grace Precious, more precious than gold Precious, more precious Well, that can never be told All the unsearchable riches of Christ Precious, more precious than gold All the unsearchable riches of Christ Who shall their greatness declare? chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18, we're going to read the first three verses there of that chapter, and we'll stand please for the reading of God's word. Revelation chapter 18 and verse 1, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful again this morning that we can come together in a place that upholds thy word. We're thankful that we have a God who is so merciful to give us his word. 
that as we look at our world today and we see what's going on, we can make some sense of what's going on. We can understand what's happening, why it's happening. We can also offer uh, solutions to the problem that man is facing. As we listen to politicians, we know that their words are empty. We know that many times they're boastful. We know also that many times they're very foolish in their words because they're just looking for a way to keep people following them. They're desperate for power. And as we look at Babylon in our text and we see this system that is falling apart, we see in our world how that the world system is falling apart. Those countries that boast themselves of being democratic are crumbling, becoming tyrannical, and dictators are ruling. Those countries that already have dictators are continuing to fall apart. The world has no answer even though it thinks it does. We pray, Father, this morning as we look at these verses that we might be encouraged, those that are saved, that the system of this world is crumbling, but the truth will never crumble. And if we build our lives on the truth, we have a certainty. We have the right foundation. We can build upon it. We know that the end is better than where we are now. And so we pray for each one that's listening. Many that are listening may not be saved. We pray that they might see the need to turn to thee in humility and to know thy forgiveness and truth. Pray for those that are saved, that they would be trusting in thee and growing in thee, encouraged in thee, and seeking to help others to know thy peace and blessing. So may thy will be accomplished. May we glorify thee. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the title of the message this morning is Drunk with Power. Drunk with Power. And that's what the text tells us about Babylon. And that's what we see in our world today is a system that believes that it is in charge and that its purposes are right. Even Mr. Biden this week talked about the situation in Israel and he was trying to take credit for the uh, ceasefire that has been accomplished there, actually a ceasefire that was brokered by Qatar. Qatar is a country that is pro-Hamas. They knew what they were doing in accomplishing this ceasefire. They knew that it would give opportunity for Hamas to regroup, to continue to keep the tunnels working that are in Gaza, Israel, interestingly, they have blown up a number of the tunnels, tunnels, but a number of them they have not blown up. One of them they have filled with water. That's a foolish thing to do because all that Hamas needs to do is put a big pump on there and pump the water out again. So they need to be destroyed. They need to put bombs in there and blast them to pieces, but they're not doing that. But Mr. Biden was talking about how that he believes that Hamas started this whole conflict because the United States and Saudi Arabia were close to uh, getting a deal going with Saudi Arabia and Israel, and Hamas didn't like that, and so they attacked. Mr. Biden thinking that he has so much influence in the world that he is the one that triggered this whole event. Uh, interestingly, some of the media believe his lies. This whole event was under God's control. It was another spanking that Israel is getting from God for their continual defiance against him. 
and the world as well needs to understand that you cannot fight against God and win. But the world is slow at learning, as is Israel. But it's important for us to focus on the truth. And in our text here, God directed John to pay attention to what's going on in heaven and in earth. So our first point is the power of the angel. So in verse 1, it says, And after these things, so that's after what uh, has happened in chapter 17, chapter 17, After these things I saw another angel come down from heaven. So in verse, chapter 17 and verse 1 we have, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show thee unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now, we have been talking about Babylon for a while, <clears throat> and the focus in chapter 17 was on the religious and the political aspects of Babylon. In uh, this chapter, it's the economic system that is being addressed. So <clears throat> it's the commercial and cultural aspects of Babylon. And so John is talking here in chapter 17, chapter 17, sorry, John is invited to come up, come hither, sorry. In chapter 18, it says, I saw another angel come down from heaven. So in chapter 18, John is on the earth. He's been in heaven. He's been there seeing what's going on in heaven, seeing God's perspective of things on earth now he's on the earth and he sees this angel come down from heaven having great power and the earth was lightened by or with his glory now the angels god's angels the true angels they they're not god but they do shine with a brightness if you go to Luke chapter 2 and verse 9, and it says there, and this is with the announcement to the shepherds, it says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. So when the true angels present themselves, they come in the glory of the Lord. But not only is there a brightness in regard to the light but there's also an enlightening of the people. God opens the eyes of people to see things that they don't normally see. Even lost people, God opens their eyes to see things they don't normally see. We have in the Old Testament, Balaam, who presented himself as a prophet of God, and uh, went to Moab to try to curse the people of God, and his donkey was smarter than he was. And Balaam tried to beat up his donkey, and well, he did beat him up, and he would have killed him if he could have. And then it says that God opened his eyes, and he saw what was going on. That the angel of the Lord was there, ready to kill Balaam, but the donkey stopped that from happening. Not that the donkey was so concerned about Balaam, but he was concerned about his own well-being. So the angel here in this text has great power, that power given to him by God. No angel is greater than God. But the angels have power from God. And the earth, notice here, the earth, not just Jerusalem, but the earth was lightened with his glory. One angel and the earth was lightened with his glory. Now keep in mind that by this time in history, the majority of the population of the world is going to be in the Middle East. We don't know by this time whether North America will even exist. 
this area will still be here, but we don't know if there will be any people living in this part of the world by this time in the history of the earth. Because there will be great plagues that the Bible talks about that God is going to send. And there will be earthquakes. And there will be topographical changes taking place in the world. And there will be a lot of death taking place. And it's quite possible that there will be nobody living in this part of the world. So again, for anyone that is hesitating to get saved today and thinking, well, I'm going to get saved during the tribulation and, and uh, I'll hide in the bush from the Antichrist and that. Well, <laughs> you need to understand that when God sends an earthquake, there's no place to hide. You can go and try and hide around the trees, but when the earth starts shaking, guess what? The trees, they fall down. And you say, well, I'll go and find a cave to hide in. When the earth starts shaking, the caves collapse. There's no place to hide when God shakes the earth. And so, again, the wise thing is to run to the Savior and be saved. Not to try to hide in God's creation, but to hide in God. That's what the songwriter talks about, hiding in thee. That's the place to hide, in the Lord, not in the things that the Lord has made. Nothing that God has made is strong like he is. And it's all there for him to use for his glory. And so God doesn't, doesn't concern himself with an earthquake that causes rocks to crumble off of a mountain with a volcano that takes the cap off of a mountain and sends lava flowing, which destroys a lot of ground, can't grow anything on lava. God isn't so concerned about that. He's concerned about souls. He's concerned about your soul. He's concerned about my soul. He wants us to know him, and he wants us to glorify him. That's what's important to God, and that's what should be important to us. The second thing that we see is the direct declaration of the fall of Babylon. Verse 2. So this angel, it says, and he cried mightily with a strong voice. So he's an angel that has great power in verse 1. He's got a strong voice, and he's not afraid to use that strong voice. And it says, the, he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird quite the description of babylon keep in mind babylon here is a picture of the system that will be controlling the world of the time of the tribulation so it's not a city out there in Iraq that, that uh, has, has Saddam, Hussein, Saddam Hussein was trying to rebuild. It's not talking about that. It's talking about a system. <clears throat> and in fact, the headquarters of that system in this time is going to be Jerusalem. It's not going to be in Iraq. It's going to be Jerusalem. The Antichrist is going to rebuild the temple. Where is that temple going to be? In Jerusalem. What's he going to do with that temple? He's going to defile that temple. He's going to set up his own throne in that temple. And he's going to declare himself God. And he's going to rule from that temple. So the center of the world is going to be Jerusalem. And he's going to rule with wickedness over this Babylonian system. And so it tells you, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, repeated twice to emphasize the fact that this system is fallen. Now we look at our world right now, and they are, they are threatening, warning, I should say, that Canada is in the beginning stages of a recession. Of course, the liberal government denies that, and they recognize that we're in a bit of trouble, but they are blaming it on everyone except themselves. The inflation rate, they claim, is not their fault. 
and uh, they are claiming that the high grocery prices are because there's too many greedy grocery store owners who just want to make a big profit and they need to stop gouging the customer. They don't want to admit the fact that it's their policies that have caused the grocery prices to go up. The carbon tax and the cost and its, its impact on everything is the problem. Yes, probably the grocery store, the conglomerates are greedy, but so is the government. And so, <clears throat> but this system that has been in power developing for a long time and will come to its greatest height in the time of the tribulation. So it's quite possible that in the early stages of the tribulation, the world will be booming ep economically. It's quite possible. It's very interesting when you look at our world today in our country of Canada and you look at the debt load that Canada has and you look at the last three years and how many business has, businesses were told to shut down by the government and yet the businesses are still growing, still going along. You drive to the major cities, you still see houses being built and they're not little cottages that are being built, they're big houses. There still seems to be a lot of money flowing around. Where's that money coming from? How are the people making that money? Who's buying all the stuff that's being made? So there's still a lot of economical activity taking place today, even though our world is really in an economic mess. And one of the things that we know that our government has the ability to do is they can print money. When you go to Winnipeg, we have in Winnipeg, we have just on the, like it used to be the outskirts, is no longer in the outskirts of Winnipeg, but you have the mint there, which makes coins. Your toonie, your loonie, all that is made there. So they're printing, they can print money. The government has the authority, they have the power to make money. But what happens, the more money that you just take and make, devalues the value of that money. So that loony that used to buy whatever at, uh, at a year ago today doesn't buy the same amount of stuff. You go to the grocery store now. I think everybody notices that. When you go to the grocery store, you can have the same amount of stuff in your cart, but the dollar value of it has gone up. You're paying more for groceries now than you did a year ago. When you go to the gas pumps, yes, they've come down a little bit now, but still, you compare that to a year ago, we're paying more for gas than we did a year ago. I had to buy a battery not that long ago for our vehicle. I thought battery prices were still around $100. And that battery cost me way more than $100 now than it did the last time I bought a battery. The prices of everything have skyrocketed. It's way out of sync. And it's going to keep going until, as it says in our text, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and become the habitation of devils. Not a very good description, but that's where our world is headed. That's where our economical system of our world is headed. It's operated by people who are possessed with the devil, operated by people who are serving the devil, and so it's become the habitation of devils. That's who's going to be in charge, and of course we know that in the last half of the tribulation, the Antichrist is going to be possessed of the devil. So all of his ministers that are going to be serving him in his cabinet, in his economical system and so on, all of them are going to be subject to his leadership. No God-fearing person will be working in his government system. They can't, just like today. No born-again Christian can be a conservative or a liberal, certainly not an NDP, and certainly not a Green Party member. You can't be there if you're a born-again Christian because the policies of those parties are anti-God. They are strictly anti-God. 
And so if you're a born-again Christian, you cannot sign on to what their policies state. So we look at our, our system today, and we look at there are people, there's a person that we know that is aspiring to want to be a conservative politician. Well, he can't be if he's a true Christian. There's no such a thing. This garbage that we've accepted for so long, I'm just going to hold my nose and accept the best of the worst. That doesn't work. <clears throat> and so this system is going to become the habitation of devils. That's all that's going to be there. The habitation of devils. Not only that, but the hold of every foul spirit. You think of something that's foul, it stinks. If you have some meat you keep in your fridge too long and you take it and open the package and it will stink. If you have an egg that is rotten and you crack it open into that fry pan because you're your taste buds are ready for a fried egg. And you crack that rotten egg into there and it stinks. If you've ever opened a rotten egg, it stinks. It has a very strong odor to it. And if you have a good egg in there, there's no way that you can protect that good egg once you've cracked that bad egg into there. It just takes over. You've got to start over. Throw that out, wash the pan, start over. It's a foul smell. And here it says, in this context here, and the hold of every foul spirit. So every wicked idea that man could ever have, that's all going to be there in the time of the tribulation. We look at the internet today, and I was uh, just looking for some music to listen to yesterday on my computer, and I found some uh, music there and uh, you know I didn't stay there very long because all of the women that were in there were all immodestly dressed and they're supposed to be singing songs that exalt God and that doesn't fit it doesn't fit and so I figured no I don't need to even though I don't have to look at them I'm still listening to the music but the music is being sung and played by wicked people I don't need that. And so I turned away from it. So it's more than just the words, it's the presentation of it. And every foul spirit, that's such a common thing now that wherever you look, in particular, it's very interesting when you look at, at, at uh, the media of today and you see men that, they've got, they got shirts on. They're not bareback, they got shirts on. Sometimes they're wearing ties, sometimes they're not, but they got shirts on. And their shirts are nicely buttoned. Maybe not the top button, but they're nicely buttoned. But you look at the women, and they're revealing cleavage all over the place. Now, don't tell me there's not a purpose for that. Why aren't the women at least dressed as modestly as the men are? Why not? Because they understand that their breasts are a tool to attack men. And yet, if you dare to touch them, oh, now that's assault. But yet they're out there advertising, come and get me. It's a wicked system we're living in. We need to understand that. And as men, we need to guard ourselves against that wickedness because the devil is looking to make us fall. That's what he wants. He wants us to fall. Because if he can get us to fall, he's won. Just like Hamas has won now with what Israel has done there. They've won. And we need to understand that. And then it says, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. That's what Babylon is going to be at the end time. A cage. When something is in a cage, it can't get out. It's there. And the, the, as we look in verse 3, the world powers are going to be so drunk with power that they're going to be locked. And just like we heard over the last three years, I was forced to take the shot. I was forced to do this. I was forced. No, you weren't forced. But you were so locked into the philosophy of this world 
that you thought you had no option. You were lied to and you accepted the lie because you wanted the things of this world so bad that you weren't willing to give up for the sake of your own good. And so Babylon is going to be like, it's going to be a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. In verse 3, again, if you look at the first word in verse 3, the first word is for. Not but, not and, but for. So verse 3 is explaining what verse 2 is telling us. So verse 3 is point 3. All the nations will be guilty before the Lord. It says there in verse 3, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. That Babylonian system is very powerful. If you go back in the Bible, you don't need to turn there, but in your mind, think about the time when God took Joshua and told him to take the nation of Israel across the Jordan River, and the first city that they would come to would be what? Jericho. And as they came to Jericho, God had instructed them that when they took Jericho, everything in Jericho, all the possessions in Jericho belonged to who? God. The people weren't supposed to take anything. Normally in war, they could, if they shot somebody, killed somebody, they could take those possessions, but not Jericho. Everything in Jericho belonged to God. And when you read about Achan and the things that Achan stole, what kind of a robe did he steal? Remember that? It was a Babylonish garment, right? Then he buried. Babylonish garment. So the people of Jericho, they had been influenced by the Babylonian philosophy. They weren't part of Babylon, but they had gone shopping in the stores where the Babylonish styles were, and they had bought those and they had them. Just like today where people... You know, we, we pride ourselves in having a mall like Polo Park, and you go to Polo Park, and there are so many stores in there, I don't even know. I've, I've not paid attention when we've been there. But there's a lot of different stores in that mall. And people pride themselves. Yeah, I bought this and this, and they've got these specialty stores in there. <clears throat> and people think that's so important. But it says here in verse 3, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Babylon is going to be known as a wicked place, and people are going to be fornicating themselves with her. They're not married to her, but they're fornicating with her. They're so lustful for those things. And they want to have it because it comes from that certain place. Yeah, I got this purse. It came from Paris. I've got these shoes. They were made in Morocco. You know? And there's different places in our world today that are identified as places of wealth. Places of prestige. And if you want to be somebody, you have to go to that place. Or you have to have something that came from that place. Or you're just a nobody. And most people buy into that lie. They want to be somebody. And so they think, well, I've got to have something from there. I've got to have something from this other place because I want to be somebody. And the devil knows how weak we are. And it says, all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. God's not pleased with the Babylonish system. And it says, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. You see, the kings, they're the ones that are supposed to lead us in the right way. The kings are supposed to be 
knowing the fear of God. I know that that was a command given directly to the nation of Israel regarding their kings, but any king that's worth his salt is a king that walks in the fear of God. That's why Nebuchadnezzar was a foolish king. Belshazzar was a foolish king. Many of the kings of Israel were foolish kings. They didn't know the fear of God. They didn't want the fear of God. They didn't care about what God said. And the result was that the nation of Israel fell because their kings were wicked kings. <clears throat> so we see here that even though, even though in the time of the tribulation, at least the first half, God tells us he's going to raise up 144,000 Jewish virgin men who are going to be proclaiming the gospel in the first half of the tribulation, even though that's going to be taking place, even though the two witnesses are going to be in Jerusalem, they're going to be witnessing and doing miracles that are unheard of, and they're going to be, people are going to see that, and their message is going to be such that the world is going to hate them because the world wants this power and this money. And these two witnesses are going to be preaching the gospel. And it's going to be, it's going to be applicable to them. And just like we've had people here who have said, I'm not coming because I don't like the applications that you make because they love this world system and they want to indulge in this world system and therefore they say, I'm not coming because I don't like what I'm hearing. I want to hear that what I'm doing is good. I want to hear that the world system is good. And you're telling me it's bad. <clears throat> so when we look at the fact that God has his 144,000, he has his two witnesses, and then he has the angel flying through the heavens with the everlasting gospel... All of that, which the Antichrist Christ cannot touch until God gives him permission. But in spite of all of that, the kings of the world are going to shut that all out and they're going to just pursue this wicked Babylonish system. <clears throat> and it says, not only the kings, but in verse 3 it says... And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And again, you look at the merchants. You go to Costco. You look at uh, Walmart. Wherever you're going to go in today's society. And most of the stuff that they have there is junk. Now in Costco, mo we're, we're, that's a grocery store. The grocery section, yeah, there's things in there that we can buy and that are good for us, some of them, some of them not. There's clothing that you can buy in there. Some of that is, is just as good a quality clothing as you're going to buy in the high-end stores in Winnipeg. And so that's good. But when you go to the book section there, or even where they have some, a few toys that they have, that stuff is really just put a match to it. There's nothing there that, that I see that's of any value. I know there'd be children that would say, oh, no, 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 this is good, this is good. But in reality, it's not. You look at the books, they've got a whole section there of books. What's the value of those books, though? What good are they? What are they teaching? And so the merchants of the earth, instead of merchants saying, no, I'm not interested, I don't want that. Here's what I want. I want to have some Bibles, some King James Bibles. I want to have some good Bible dictionaries. I want to have some material and some things that will help even for children to make them think. And to expand their knowledge. Not to be foolish and wasting their time. You can't find that very often. But the merchants... They just, well, this is what's popular. Salesman comes along. Here, we've got this new gadget, you know, and it's really going over big. And you should have them in your store. Oh, well, yeah, okay, if it's selling, how much money can I make on it? What's, the, what's my cost and what's the, what's the markup on it? Oh, yeah, yeah, 50%, 60% mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, bring me some of them. I'll have some of them in here. 
They don't care at all what they're selling as long as they can make money at it. That's all that matters. And so it says the merchants of the earth are waxed rich. And that's what's going on. We see that. Store owners, they're, they're making money. The markup is good on these products. They can make a lot of money. But what are they selling? They wax rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So everything around is sold out to Babylon. And just like today, everything in our country, everything in the world is sold out to the World Economic Forum. Whatever Klaus Schwab says, this is what you should be doing. Okay, yeah, this is what we should be doing. Whatever Bill Gates says, this is the trend. This is the direction we should be going. Again, yesterday I was looking for some music, and, and this one site was talking about the song that every church should be, should be using because it's so popular. And the song is about Jesus. But it's a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. So I thought, well, I'd never heard, the, I saw the title, never heard it. I thought, well, I'm going to see what is this song. So I clicked on it and listened to it. And the music is the devil's music. And so the whole thing, the, the longer that the song went on, the more devilish it was in the response or in the, in the um, portrayal of those who were singing it. And so, like I say, it, yeah, it's about Jesus, but not the Jesus of the Bible, not the one who came to lay down his life for the sheep. This is a Jesus who loves to rock it up. And, and the, the, the heading of the thing was, this is the song that is taking the world by storm. Everybody wants this song because of the words of it, and it's so powerful, they're claiming... And yet, I don't see the results of it. I don't see people turning to the Lord. I don't see the liquor stores closing down. I don't see women dressing modestly all of a sudden. I don't see any of the fruit that would come from people that genuinely get saved. In the New Testament, we read of a man who was possessed of devils, and he was naked. The Bible says that when Jesus cast out the devils, that the man was dressed and of a sound mind. He was changed when he got saved. You don't see that today. You see people who claim to be saved, but they dress just as wickedly as they did before they got saved. They have no, no desire to change anything in their life. It's all good. All they've done now is added Jesus to it. That's what we're being told. This is modern-day Christianity. This is great stuff. This is what we need in our world. That's what we're being told but it's a lie. So in our text here, John is being invited to look at this angel and to recognize this angel. And this angel has the power from God to lighten the earth with his glory. This angel is going to be far more impressive than the Antichrist. Even though the Antichrist is declaring himself to be God, this angel is far more impressive than, than, than the Antichrist. At least to John. Not to the world, but to John. And that's what matters. And so for you and I, John is a picture in the book of the Revelation. He's a picture of the saints, New Testament Christians, New Testament churches. So to those of us that are saved, we should not be getting caught up in this Babylonian culture that is so prevalent in our world today. That shouldn't be driving us. That shouldn't be influencing us into how we're going to dress, how we're going to talk, and so on. We don't need that. We don't need to pick up on the language of the world in order to function in this day and age. We need to learn the language of the Bible. That's why I said in Sunday school, I think we need to train ourselves away from using the word Palestinian when we talk about the Arabs. Because that's what the world wants us to think, because 
that confuses everything because for a long time, again, as you go in your Bible, at the back of your Bible, you'll find your maps all talk about the land of Israel as the land of Palestine. That was a term that was given to that land by the Romans. And so the, the land of Israel was called Palestine, and so the people of that land, which were Jews, were called Palestinians. But now, who are the Palestinians now? They're Jew haters. They're not Jews, they're Jew haters. But you see how the, the name, the word is the same, but given to a different group of people. And so now the world is being brainwashed into saying, yeah, the Palestinians, this is their land, meaning in their minds, this is the Arabs' land, not the Jews' land. And that's why when you listen to the news, the Jews are occupying that land, but it belongs to the Arabs. And so there's a lot of people, and there's a saying, you may have heard it, from the river to the sea is the land of the Palestinians. And what do they want to do? They want to push Israel out of that land. And the world sits there and shrugs, yeah, yeah, that's right, it belongs to, yeah, yeah. That, they don't see you know, anything offensive about that. That the world is calling for the destruction of an entire civilization. The Jewish people. Get rid of them all. That's what the world says. And trying to be politicians, our Prime Minister and the President of the United States, they don't come out and say those words directly, but their actions prove that, yeah, yeah, we're behind that movement. We're behind that. Yeah, we need to find a two-state solution. Well, the Arabs have proven they're not interested in a two-state solution. They're interested in taking land that belongs to Israel and setting up their weapons closer to Jerusalem every time to get more land so that eventually they can push Israel into the sea. That's their goal. The world doesn't see it. Christians should be able to see that. God certainly is aware of that. And we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and understand that our world is wicked, but this system is falling. It's falling apart, and it's going to crash. And we're going to read on and see the effects of this crash on the people. And while Christians today will not be here during this time in the book of the Revelation, <laughs> We need to be careful of where we're spending our time and energy now. How are we grooming our children and our grandchildren? What are we grooming them for? For this system? Or are we seeking to help them to know the truth and walk in it? So the important thing again is to know the true God. To know God's peace and forgiveness and have his blessing in your heart. That's what counts. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that we have thy word. Thankful again that we can be warned of this system that has been around for a long time. Long before any of us were born. This Babylonian system that is permeating, permeating our culture permeating our religious system. Everything is under the influence of this wicked system. And we need to understand that. And we need to reject that. Say, no, I'm not going to be a part of that. We understand that if we take our stand on the side of right, we're not going to be popular. People are going to avoid us going to walk around, even professing Christians are going to say, nah, they're weird over there. They're just not willing to listen to thy word. I pray, Father, that people would wake up. Professing Christians would wake up. Lost people would wake up. Desire to know thy forgiveness and blessing in these days of grace. 
see that our hope is found in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and when we know him as Savior and Lord our lives will be changed and we will begin to examine the things that have become so commonplace amongst Christians and we will ask where did this come from does this really fit with true Christianity so I pray that thy will would be accomplished and we'd want to glorify thee and honor thee and serve thee faithfully that we can help others to know thy peace and blessing as well we pray in Jesus name Amen